0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to a new edition of Don Cherry's Grapevine podcast. And Dad, let's start off with uh, the John Tortorella.
1: John Tortorella, one of my favorite guys, saves dogs and son saves dogs. He's... I think his son is over overseas in one of those uh, seals or something like that. Anyhow, I remember that I saw the game and it uh, was between Chicago, and the, I I saw the time run off a minute of three because as a coach you always watch this here. So, uh, Zach Wurkowski, is that how you said? Yep, he's the guy that uh, scored scored the goal and and uh, you know time time runs out. So here's here's the deal, Columbus loses. Columbus loses the game, and and Tortorella goes crazy. Columba uh, lost the game, right? Yep. Uh, their goalie in the OT, they had in the OT pulled his uh, pulled his knee or something, wrecked his knee. And Tortorella had a had a tirade after, as we all saw, and he got fined twenty thousand dollars. Now they had a chance if the and and the guy scored the goal, they would have won the game. But what happened was after the game, he lost his goalie, and he got fined $20,000 the next day. Now, I had the same thing happen to me. Now, tell me if I'm wrong, I got if I remember this right. Our timekeeper in Mississauga, and uh, I they scored the goal. Am I right so far? How am I doing so far? Right. It was it was 2-2, and they scored to make it 3-2. Yeah. So now I'm looking at the clock, five seconds, and i go going to pull a goalie timeout. And the referee skated over to me and says, Don, Don, it, wait a minute. You, you can't, you can't pull. What's the sense of pulling a goalie is there's, there's only half a second left. What do you mean? It says five up there. He says, no, it's half a second. My timekeeper, the same as Columbus, f- half a second. He couldn't have got that run out. He, let, he kept it up there five seconds. So I know how Tortorella feels, but he come on and apologized after him. But, you know, I've, I've said this so many times before on television, when I used to be on television. The referee, and I know they went back to Toronto, somebody made a mistake in that game. A minute three, the guy wouldn't have scored. And how am I doing so far? Well, that's I, good. You want to hear, John? Want to hear the press? Let's yeah, let, let's hear Let's hear John, the press. This is pretty good. I think I think you have to block out something. It's a few words he said. There. No, they bleeped it out for us.
2: Okay, go ahead. So... The whistle blows the whistle is blown at 19.2 on the clock for some reason the clock has run down a second and a tenth to 18.1 for whatever reason i have no idea so instead of resetting the clock we have them tell our captain we're not going to do it toronto doesn't step in refs don't do their freaking job and now we lose the game and we lose our goalie. So the chain of events, if it was done right, we don't lose our goalie, we win the hockey game. So all this god technology, right? The technology and getting things right, the stubbornness tonight by the officials and by the league and Toronto, however it's supposed to work, screws us. It's ridiculous. I'm not taking any got So, Dad, I
0: remember one time that uh, you had something like this, and uh, we'll we'll put John Tortorella, and we're going to put this next clip up on our Rock'em Sock'em Facebook page if you want to take a
1: look at it. But uh, I remember you were standing on your desk. I was standing on the desk, and I remember there were so many reporters in there, the little place I had. I was standing on the desk, they kept hitting my head on the top. But, Irene, you tell me I wasn't right. We were fifth in penalties, and we had 42 times. We had more penalties than the other club, and here's what I had to say. If we were first or second or third or even fourth, you could see it. But we're sixth or seventh or whatever we are, 42 times. The other team has had more power plays than us. You tell me why. We had Sims Hardy, Kaphar Hardy looked his arm. We had McNabb's in out there at half, Mark's knee and things like that. And we played all right. 7-4, I'll take it. It wasn't a massive beast, We made a lot of errors. so we're tired. We played a lot of games, a lot of nights. But I'll take
0: it. You're getting on my nerves. I'll tell you that right now. All right. the f*** you want, John. So, Dad, like, does Totorelli actually have to pay the fine? And no. You got fined there. And you did you?
1: Did you no, you guys... I, the team pays the fine. I, I wouldn't tell you this if I was still coaching, but the team usually pays the fine. Oh, I just thought of something. When I when I got let go, we'll always say I let go by Boston. I had a, a fine. I think it was a $1,000 fine. I was doing something stupid. Anyhow, uh, Harry, I when I went to Colorado, I got the letter saying I owed 1000 Harry didn't pay it. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Harry got me in the end, even when I was in Colorado. But didn't you say that um, after
0: you were standing on the desk that Harry came to you and said that uh, you were were the Boston Bruins
1: and you can't act like that? Yeah, yeah, he came to me and he said, now listen, Don, uh, this is the Boston Bruins. We've been in the league since 1936. We have to have some class in this. We can't be going on like that, uh, standing on the desk and and ranting and raving. I said, Boston Bruins, just don't approve of that. And then the owners and everything. I said, well, okay, Harry. So then we go into Montreal. We lose the game 3-2. Yeah, you know, I remember Harry, so I am in the press conference and we I remember we had to go up the hall and we we're in the press conference. And I remember Dryden was on after me. And anyhow, I and so I'm grit my teeth and I'm mad and, but I won't don't say anything because Harry said we gotta have a lot of class. So I'm finished and I've come around and I come around the thing and there's Harry with two policemen <laughs> holding on to him. He's kicking the referee's door in. So much for class for the Boston Bruins. But, you know, Tim, I have to say this, that the players appreciate Tortorella, in a sense, after the game. He's in the game. It's not, oh, well, away we go, another loss, oh, well. this. He's in the game, he plays the game, he he acts like a player. And I did the same thing when I was in Boston. We very rarely had misconduct because I was the guy that got the misconduct. The players appreciate the coach into the game, but... uh, uh, $20,000. I don't think I'd ever got fined $20,000. That's a biggie. I hope he's, uh, I hope Tortorella's is a good. A good. He better not get fired near the end of the season. Cause that's a lot of cash. You know, as, as I, as I talk here, I think about, uh, the time I was on the, remember I me- I was on the bench and I was between, uh, we were standing between, uh, like Terry O'Reilly was on the bench and and McNabb. I remember those two guys. And I said, if he gives, if that referee gives uh, Dwight Foster, I remember, it's, I remember it was Dwight Foster. I said, if he gives him a penalty, I said I'm going on the ice. These old oh, grapes don't do that. I'm the players are holding me back, and sure enough, he gave him a penalty. I started to go over, and they held me back. Uh, the players were holding me back. Well, I, I remember you stood on the be- you stood on the boards. I don't know how I did that. I never f- figured out how I ever did that because I tried to do it. You know, especially
0: with your shoes.
1: I don't. I don't understand it. Like I could get on the boards and walk. And, you know, Wes McCauley and the referee, you know, and people used to have fun, and the referees used to let you away with it, you know, and especially John McCauley. You knew how far to go with these guys, but people people got a kick out of it. I would, didn't do it because the, for the crowd. But, oh, and I have to tell you about, as I as I ramble on here, I have to tell you about the Montreal crowd, and especially the, the Toronto Maple Leaf crowd. This is I know this is hard to believe, folks, but this is the truth. In the Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens, when you were coaching, the people used to walk in and with a hot dog and walk in front of you and and, and hot dogs and pop and everything. And you're trying to coach. And I said, and here's the people. What? Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. And I never forgot the time. And there was no glass. There was nothing. You were right in amongst the people. And I remember uh, I would. I, I, I have to. I'm sorry to say, folks. I used to swear. I used to swear quite, quite a bit. I mean, now all coaches do. They just can't hear it now. And I remember, I looked around, and there was this lady up about twelve, twelve rows up, and she said, "Cherry, you got a filthy mouth." Oh, I felt so bad. It was about the lady was about the age of my mother, and I thought, you know, my mother was up there. So while the game is on. I went up and sat down on the seats. I went beside beside the lady on the steps there, and I said, "I'm very sorry. I appreciate it. The whole deal. And The game is going on, and the crowd. And there's no coach behind it. I'm up talking to the fan. It was that way." And my- I remember what she said to her. You said, "Come on, ma'am. You haven't heard that word before." Oh yeah, yeah. And I remember what she said. Yeah, but I haven't paid a hundred fifty dollars to hear it. But uh, the coaches get carried away.
0: And well, I, hope, I remember the time when you stood on the bench, you got thrown out and Jerry Cheevers.
1: Yeah. Jerry t- Cheevers, Cheevers, he was t- a backup goalie and it must've been an easy game. <laughs> so backup goalie, he was there and he took over. And that was his very first, uh, he said, I was so nervous. I had to towel and here was a backup goalie was the, uh, was the coach in Boston Bruins. I think it was only about five minutes left and we were about a big score, but I'll tell you folks, I love it when I see – I know Tortorella shouldn't do it, and I remember in Vancouver he was in the hall. But I'll tell you one thing, he's in the game, and that's why he's been coaching so long.
0: Okay, this is what I don't understand, Dad. We're, like, you didn't have any assistant coaches in those days.
1: I was lucky to be coaching the Boston Bruins anyhow. No, we didn't have – an. Uh, I didn't have an assistant coach. And when I got kicked out, the only guy that was sitting around doing nothing is either the trainer or was, his, was the uh, – was the goalie this, and,
0: yeah and I remember this was in Boston so we all saw it and Robbie his, his son would see and even Jerry still had the pads on and he still had that white towel around his neck and I remember Robbie saying dad do you ever take that white towel out around your neck And he goes no no so, and
1: that white towel cost him in the Canada Cup we'll get into that someday no I, I think it was only about five minutes left he could coach I knew that and uh, that was his first coaching job, like I said. And, and then it, in
0: a couple of years, he, he did. He was coaching the Bruins, wasn't he? Yeah, within two years.
1: Yeah, two years he was coaching. Yeah, he was finished. <laughs> and But, uh, no, we had no assistant. I had no assistant coach back then. And, and I remember the very first time that I had an assistant it was Andre Boudreau. I think it was over in Team Sweden or something like that. Yeah, it
0: was, it was in the, uh, world, the World Championships yeah. right after the playoffs. And, or- you know,
1: yeah. And I remember we had uh, assistant coach there and he had in charge of the, of the, the, uh, defense. And I, uh, you know, I lost, I lost control. I lost control because I used to like to have my defense used to like to, you know, go with certain guys and everything. And I lost control. And I, and I thought how lucky I was, I was I only had one, I only me was coaching out there. And, uh, I just don't know how they do it. I, I, look, I look at the benches. I see 50 guys tripping over one another behind the benches and everything. Boy, I, re- I think the reason one of the reasons I got hired in Boston was I, I watched Harry, uh, be, Harry Sinan behind the bench with, with Team Canada in 72. He was like a tiger going up and down, up and down. And I said, I did the same thing. And I'm rambling here. I know like that. And I know people can't believe that somebody doesn't have an assistant coach, but I didn't. I was the only coach. I have an interesting stat that I'm going to give you right now. And these are the teams. Listen to the record of these teams. Washington, great team, tough team. They've only won 11 at home, but they've won 17 on the road. 17 on the road. New Jersey, they've won 6 at home, 9 on the road. Arizona, uh, who I, Rick Talk is doing a great job out there. They've won at home 9 And on the road, they have won 13. Edmonton, with that great crowd they have there, have won 10 at home and 13 on the road. Toronto, now, how could you beat Toronto crowd here? I love the crowd here. Toronto, they've won 10 at home and 13 on the road. Montreal, and now, how could you get a better crowd than Montreal? They've won eight at home and they've won 10 on the road. Colorado, another good hometown. I don't understand it. 10 at home, they've won. 13 on the road. Winnipeg, one of 10 at, uh, at home. 12 on the road. And uh, it's hard to believe. And the only reason I... I've been asked many times about this. And the reason I feel is that on the road, the coaches can't think too much. They've got, they've got to play. they got to roll the line. Kickity-poo, kickity-poo. Whereas at home... There's a lot of reasons, but I of the reason, hey, we're going to match lines at home. And the one thing that players hate, hate, is matching lines. Just for instance, if you play on a line and the guy says, hold it, hold it, and the coach says, hold it, hold it, don't go out. There's a good line out there you can't check. You're telling the people they can't check. Kickity-poo, kickity-poo. When you played, when I played, I just loved it when, they, when the coach didn't think. I remember you were always talking about in Buffalo –
0: that uh they had the french connection and you were in they were in buffalo and you kept uh oh putting yeah. out the check line
1: well i i had a line let me see now there was john Rattel, the type we had bobby schmatz and we had donnie marcotte and he thought this was our checking line actually they all got 20 goal, or 20 or more goals so i i put them out and i see i see the coach would take off the french connection line now, the French Connection line, it was dynamite. 45 goals, 38 so goals. So who was it? it was uh, Rick Martin. Rick Martin. He had 45 goals. Gil Perrault, which was a superstar, and Rene Robert, one of the best players of all. And he'd take them off because he'd think, he'd think I was putting on my checking line. I just left out that line. And I remember, I can't say what Rene Robert, uh, they were all French, like, like I said, the French Connection. And they were swearing coming off. You can't... The players, and I know you guys that are playing out there and everything, when you go kickety poo, kickety poo, you win. You think too much, don't think too much. I remember my very first practice with the Boston Bruins. After the practice, I, I they were all at center, you know, you, you guys, and I said, okay, I said, uh, John Busick, you take the power play. John Busick had five 500 goals in the National Hockey League, half of them were worth the power play. I said, you. You take that power play and work with it down there. And the players, the uh, coach, I said, what am I going to tell F- John Busick how to score goals? Yeah, they also had Bobby Phil Esposito. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> Anyhow, that was a, I just left them alone. And when I coached, I never. I left the players, let them do what they want in the other end. But in my end, I own them. Don't think as your coach too much. Let the players go. That's the best way. They just love it. And that's one of the reasons... One of the reasons, the only reason I can think of, is that uh, these great teams here, really great teams, have a better record on the road than they do at home. So, Dad, it's about halfway through the season, a little bit more than halfway through the
0: season. Everybody's wondering who's going to win what award, but I think the Norris is already locked up by one guy. Yeah,
1: John Carlson of Washington. He's got 51 points, uh, 13 goals, uh, 33 points uh, on the road, which is unbelievable. He's plus 18, and... uh, that is really something. If he wins, uh, if he wins, I don't know how he could ever lose. The guy I, uh, two guys I think that that should be thought about anyhow is Dougie Hamilton. He's got 37 points and he's plus 30, which is pretty good. And Shea Weber, uh, the guy I like, uh, hits fights and does everything. He's a captain. He's plus seven. I know on a team struggling to the playoffs, he got 31 points. But John Carlson will be the guy that wins the horse. You know, Tim, I would like to uh, uh, double everything that he's got right now. He's got 51 points, so he'd have 102 points. Uh, 13 goals, so he'd have 26 goals. I just have to tell you what Bobby... I know a lot of people don't know Bobby Orr, and they say, oh, what, what Bobby Orr, Bobby Orr, that was a long time ago. But let me just tell you what Bobby Orr had. I think he played 80 games. He had 46 goals, 89 assists. And he was plus 123. Now, when I used to do banquets and do the banquets, I'd say that. And the guy, young players out there, come on, like that. That's what I meant. 46 goals. I'll say it again. I'll say this record again. 46 goals, 89 assists, plus 123. Now, don't forget, this guy, Bobby Orr, used to block shots. And he could hit a ton. And he had five fights that year. There's no defenseman like him. As they used to say, I like Bobby, I like what Bobby Clark said and Serge Savard said. There's, Bobby Clark said, it's too bad there's not a higher league you can go to. And I like Serge Savard, what he said. There's players, there's stars, there's superstars, and then there's Bobby Orr.
0: Well, Dad, we'll end the podcast. We're going to talk about the World Juniors. Canada wins gold, 4-3, and... um We've actually saw quite a few of the players that played on the team Canada.
1: Yeah, I remember Nick Dawes. He was the Burlington Eagles. Uh, we saw him at the Marley tournament, I think it was.
0: Yep. So all these we saw all these kids when they were fifteen years old.
1: Yeah, when they and Jamie Drysdale, who I think in the National Hockey League only seventeen, I get hurt, he still played. I think he's going to be the the, the he's going to star in the National Hockey League someday.
0: Yeah. Well, you just think about it. he was seventeen years old, and in the game against Finland, he had the second most minutes of of ice time. So. Shows something for a seventeen-year-old defenseman that's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and Barrett Hayton, uh, uh, we saw him with the Toronto Red Wings. Uh, he played injured. I, some you, you said he had a separated shoulder. Yeah, they said uh, first-degree separated shoulder. Aiden Dudas, we saw. Uh, t- he played for the North Central Predators, and uh, Connor McMichael. I didn't say. I think I saw him at the Marty tournament. I don't remember that much. Uh, Akil Thomas. I remember I could tell you a story about even this kid. This this kid is tough. There's a We're watching the game and this, well, I know I'd, I'd better not say his name. I won't say his, the kid's name. He, he, he was the most talented guy on the ice anyhow. And for some reason at the stoppage of play, he goes over and kicks the guy, t- kicks Thomas's feet out from home. And I says, oh boy, watch this here. And the next time uh, this kid that kicked the feet out picked up the puck, he nailed him, you couldn't believe. He hurt his shoulder too. So I'm at the prospect game. And I'm walking around, and I, I see this talented kid. I won't mention his name. And I said, you remember the time you kicked the feet out of that kid, Thomas? He says, yeah, I remember. There he is, sitting right over there. <laughs> really something. Anyhow, Thomas, he played a great game, got the winning goal, eh?
0: Yep, didn't play too much. But but when he came out, it was, uh, you know, that's the kind of player he was when we were watching him in minor midget. Yep. He just he was just a grinding guy that... that uh, as you said, would bang and and uh, it was just uh, I,
1: I you know he 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 was a grinder and a uh, great game. and Liam foodie remember the story we saw you saw we saw him together,
0: Yeah, we were sitting watching him and and he he didn't play, who did he play for there? he played for the Mar- Markham, Markham majors, majors. majors yeah. yeah, and they, they weren't a very good team, Markham. and uh, and so we were watching him. we weren't kind of paying attention, and uh, he got he went after the puck and he took off. It was, you and I looked at each other. Looked us. like McKinnon taking it, off. Yeah, he just, you were like, holy smokes. He's one of those guys that goes faster and faster. And he never looks like he's skating harder, but he's unbelievable at speed.
1: I remember we went to see Quentin Byfield for the Central Ontario Wolves. Remember we went out to that arena that uh, we went at, first of all, we go to St. Andrew's Arena uh, at College. And it's a private college. And we drive in, it was like in a movie. It was the grass, all the grass was like a golf course and all the, all the stones, they had them all the way around. were all white. And a beautiful arena, remember that? Oh, it was, it was
0: unbelievable. Yeah. It was
1: steep, remember that? Yeah. And you tripped there, you were dead. Yeah. <laughs> All the way down. And I remember the first two periods, eh, he was okay. And he must have heard I was there. And he turned it on in the in the, in the the third period. What a goal he got, eh? You know, he came down the one side and he let a shot go. I
0: mean, it was, uh, it, lucky he didn't hit the goal. He might have killed
1: him. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Ball of the Toronto Marlies. And I'll tell you a story about Kevin Ball. Uh, I remember this game. I can still see it now. He's standing at his own blue line and a little Irish guy picked it on the other team, picked it up and he's roaring down the ice going 90 miles an hour deacon and diving. And Kevin was just standing there. He didn't move. And the guy read and he ran right into it with the blue line. Well, he, uh, Kevin is about, was about six foot four at the time. And this guy was about five foot nine. Naturally, it's a head and so he got what do you get? What do you get? A five minute major? Uh, yeah, I think you got yeah five minutes. Five minute for a major, major and for a hit to the head. So I never ever go to the referee. So I go to the referee and as he's going off, I hey hey wait a minute. He was just standing there. He says grapes. What am I going to do? The referee says he said the kid's laying on the ice. It's got to be a hit to the head, but I won't put his name in to be suspended. So I re- I saw a lot of these guys play. There's a lot of guys from Ontario, uh, coach. But I have to say Dale Hunter. And his and his staff did a great job. When they were down 3-1, there was no panic. They just kept going. And uh, I think that, uh, I, I love that, I love that, that what um, I think is Tarasov, one of those Russians that wrote a book, and they said, uh, yeah, I love it. They said they can do a lot of things. We can, we got just as much skill as they've got. We've got everything. But the one thing we don't have is Canadian heart that never quit. And, and we didn't quit. And Dale, I watched them on the bench, he never got upset. We're down 3-1. But I have to admit, there was strange penalties at the end to the Russians. But we killed off our penalties. We were 5-3. We deserved every minute of it. And good luck to the kids. And good luck. I hope they do good in the National Hockey League, wherever they go. And Dale and the staff and everybody with, uh, that was with that club, congratulations. <laughs>